0: Hey everyone, I'm Cash, and this is Life 101, a podcast where I talk about seemingly general topics such as love, work, history, and religion, but with an improvisational take on podcasting and deeper thinking, an all-encompassing podcast with a little something for everyone. So grab your pen and paper and let class begin. What's up, guys? My name's Cash, and this is my podcast, Life Life 101. Um, This podcast will be about a lot of things. We're going to talk about life, obviously, Um, and in this episode particularly, we're going to talk about death. I originally had something different planned for this first episode, however, um, some things occurred and that caused me to shift uh, lanes, excuse me. I want to put this out there now that this is a very adult podcast. This podcast is not for children. I highly recommend that um, you be 18 or older listening to this podcast. Hell, maybe even 21. I will curse. I will talk about sexual things. I will talk about many mm, adult, many adult content. Um, so I just want to put that out there right now at the very beginning in the very first episode that this podcast is not child-friendly um there will be episodes themes and conversations that may be child-friendly but all-encompassing this will not be a child-friendly podcast simply for the fact that like i said my language um uh there will be talks of sex drugs you know violence life life things um and not all of those things are children friendly so keep that in mind when listening um and the audience around you <clears throat> excuse me speaking of adult content I definitely just hit this bowl so that's that's the reason for the throat clearing you'll hear I do apologize for that I did go get some Starbucks just to kind of um, you know help with that <clears throat> so what I want to do is start each episode off with a fact Um and depending on what month it is, or what week it is, or if there's a holiday or something, my fact might be related to said event. So given that June is Pride Month, hell yeah. Shout out to all my homos, queermos, gaybies, inbies, babies, whatever you all are, whoever you all are, wherever you all are. <clears throat> it's our month shine brightly, be proud of who you are, who you're becoming, live your truth, I love you, I see you, we are valid and we are here, that is my shameless plug, if you are not queer or do not support the queers, this is not a podcast for you, because baby, I am, I'm loud about it, and I'm proud about it, and this is our month, so like I said, it is what it is, I'm going to be about it, so with that being said, I'm going to start off this podcast episode with a fact um for pride month so the society for human rights is the oldest documented gay rights organization in the u.s it's based in chicago and was founded by henry gerber in 1924 that's insane <clears throat> sorry for the pause i was doing math real quick in my head and if i'm not mistaken next year we'll make that a hundred years right Somebody do my math because this is literally the reason I don't have a bachelor's degree is because I failed math. So, yes, I'm pretty sure that next year makes 100 years that the Society for Human Rights is the oldest doc. Yep, that's awesome. While stationed in Germany on active duty, same, Gerber was met with an open LGBT community, same. His hope was to replicate this open mainstream LGBT community in the U.S. It was an uphill battle and he faced threats and was arrested but he never stopped advocating for the lgbt community in 2015 the henry gerber house was declared a national historic landmark i think that's pretty dope um it's pretty awesome uh it's a small fact just a little tidbit in there for our little pride month um i also did go to germany on active duty army orders so that's also pretty cool um when I go home, I'm going to have to check out this house because I am from Illinois myself, not too far from Chicago. So I might have to go check that out. See what it's looking like, especially here close. Well, not close here in Pride Month. Mm-hmm. I'll be going home. Um. <clears throat> next on the agenda is going to be our topic. Okay, so let's get into it. Originally, the topic was going to be about paranormal things because I'm a weirdo. So why not like just let you all know right off the bat that I'm with the shits. I'm a weirdo. I believe in ghosts. I believe in the paranormal. Um And I know some of you may have noticed that this episode was supposed to come out days ago, but I um, <clears throat> experienced a loss at work. And so I've uh, been just kind of processing that. So it's crazy that my topic was paranormal for this episode and where to go. Um and now, you know, that happened on Tuesday. Yeah, I was supposed to post this episode on Wednesday. Um and it's Friday. So, my bad. Love you guys. Thanks for still showing up for the episode. Um but yeah, it's crazy that this first episode was about to, was supposed to be about um paranormal activity, but And then I experienced that loss on Tuesday. Um, It's kind of hard. And something I brought up and wanted to kind of touch on that I feel would be relevant to not only um, the paranormal side of this podcast that I was going to mention today, but also the, uh, the grief side and loss. So before we can have our little ghosties, you know, there has to be life first. And um, once we lose that life, then comes um, the grief. And there are seven stages of grief that we go through. The first one, of course, will be shock. And that's feelings of shock are unavoidable in nearly every situation. Um, Even if we feel we have had time to prepare for the loss of a loved one. We know it's going to happen, but it's but not right then, not on that day. People in shock often appear to be behaving normally without a lot of emotion because the news hasn't fully sunk in yet. So I'll say when they first told me um, that our resident passed away, um, I just looked at them and was like, what, you know? And, uh, she told me again, and she said it, and she, like, told me what happened. <clears throat> and I was mid-button on my shirt because I had just got to work, and I was buttoning my shirt, and I just kind of stopped. And I looked at her, and I, like, nodded, and I said, hmm, okay. And I kept buttoning my shirt, and then that's when it hit me. Like, immediately, I felt the tears. But I think in that first initial moment, like, it was like, whoa what that's not what i was expecting to hear as soon as i walk in the door you know what i'm saying so there was definitely that very initial shock like i hadn't couldn't really process and like it didn't really make sense what they were saying to me and so i yeah i was like "Mm, nah and then the second stage (laughs) literally with that nah comes denial Many people experience denial after bereavement. They know something has happened, but it doesn't feel real. So that's literally how I felt like Um, I was there, um, and I just kept waiting to see this resident come around the corner, you know, come into the facility, and I'm like, ugh. Kept looking, and people kept talking about him, and I'm just like looking for her, and I'm like, whoa. <clears throat> this isn't real I'm like she's just up in her room she's not feeling well or she's tired today you know she's having one of those days so she's not going to come down today so I just it wasn't real like I said nah not 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 her like nah <clears throat> excuse me Lord have mercy let me take a drink here because that's going to get annoying alright then the third stage um, is anger And I'm telling you this because I experienced all of these within that day. And I was recognizing each time I was like feeling one of these stages. So the next stage is anger. Um, And I would notice that anytime one of those mean residents came into the facility or like one of the ones that complained a bunch, I'm just like, ugh, like we lost them, but not them. Like, what? Like, oh, I was so angry, like, and I was so angry at myself for even having that thought. Um, But I'm just, <clears throat> I was so mad, like, of all people, like, why her? You know what I'm saying? Like, very angry, very angry about it. Um, The next stage is bargaining. The bargaining stage is about making promises to yourself or a higher being, asking the universe for a chance to put things right. A bereaved person may seek reason for their, where there is none, may feel guilty about how they behaved or feel in some way to blame. Um, I haven't really felt bargaining except for like kind of with that anger, like, oh well, why her and not them? You know what I'm saying? Um, Not necessarily bargaining their life or hers, but like, you know, like, why did it have to be her? Like, I'm angry, like. I would have rather it had been one of the mean ones and one of the racist ones, the ones that complained to us about every little thing. Like, she never complained about anything. She was the sweetest. She always smiled. She always complimented people. And so that bargaining, I guess, was more so me being like, ugh, well, why her and not them? You know, I wasn't necessarily saying, take them, give me back her. But it was just like, ugh, you know what I'm saying? And then the fifth one is depression. The jumble of emotions that usually accompanies the grieving process can typically lead to feelings of depression, isolation, anxiety, and a feeling of dread. Sometimes the suffering seems too much to bear. So with this, I didn't, I <clears> won't <throat> say I've been depressed about it, but it's definitely something that's like hit me kind of hard. And like I said, every time somebody complains, and I'm reminded that this mean, angry person is here, not necessarily complaining, but you know. If you work in a service industry you know those kind of people like not just the hey my burger is wrong like <clears throat> hey there's like this isn't cooked to the temperature I wanted like take it back and do it 20 more times like you know unnecessarily rude complaining type people like it's perfectly normal to say like my food is wrong but those people who go about it in a negative way that's what I'm talking about Um so I guess I've been more so just sad that I won't get to see this resident again I won't get to experience their kindness and their smile and their brightness their joy Um, just their simple smile I'd ask them, you know, hey, where are you going to get today? and she'd always look at me and be like "Hmm, I don't know with this kind of mischievous grin and like shrug her shoulders and it was just the most innocent looking smile and interaction ever and it was always just pleasant talking to her. She got a glass of wine when she'd come in, and <clears throat> one, of the, one of my co-workers was telling me how uh, she told him that she had a Cadillac, um, a nice Cadillac car, but it was an older model, and younger guys would approach her at the lights. You know, they'd come up to her at the light, and they'd look at her, and they'd see her kind of car, and uh, the light would turn green, and she'd dust them. This 93-year-old lady Justin these guys in her Cadillac. And it was just so funny. And I could picture it in my head with the, you know, little grin on her face when she passes him, you know, gets through the light. And so, um, I'm while I'm saddened that I won't get these interactions again, um, Six comes to mind also. Six comes up for me a lot within those uh, sad, depressing moments. And six is acceptance and hope. Humans by nature crave contact, connection, and support. And at some stage in the grieving process, we will want to engage with friends and family again. Acceptance is about realizing you can't change the circumstances, but that you can gain some control over how you respond. And I don't know if I said this yet, but I struggle with um, death struggle really bad with it and have a hard time processing the fact that I will never have these interactions in this specific way with this specific soul again. Now, in a a miracle twist, this soul could come back into my life as someone else in a new experience, but like I said, it won't be the same. We won't even probably realize that it's the same soul. Mind the age gap and everything, so, you know, but it is... It is very nice to know that she's not suffering. Um, I know she experienced a loss herself um, earlier in the year, and that was really weighing on her. And so I know that now she's reunited, excuse me, with that person she lost. I am really sorry, guys, that I've been having to clear my throat so much. Noted to smoke way before the episode so that I'm not constantly doing that the whole episode. Or at least make sure it's not as harsh, because Lord help me okay um shout out to starbucks by the way because this pink drink is addictive i will give you all my money for these pink drinks like just take it shut up and take my money starbucks um but yeah so even though i've been struggling my whole life with how to handle death and not being able to interact with these people again um it i think this position that i have now the job that I work now will help me with that because obviously I work with the older community now so I something I will experience more um I lost a friend of mine last year um under completely different circumstances and I'm still 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 that was August it's almost a year since I lost him to this day going to the grieving process and him and I were friends for a few months Um, really good friends. I got to know him really well. And he died tragically. Um, And that shook me. That shook me. That was the first real loss to me of like, impact. Because everyone before then was like an old relative who I barely knew barely saw like, yes, I love you. And I cared about you. But not necessarily they weren't relevant in my life, but they, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And these are, like I said, older relevance, they, relevance, Lord have mercy, relatives that lived far away, I didn't see, didn't talk to. So news of their passing, yes, is sad, but it wasn't like my friends last year. Um, there was one person who was kind of close to me before this that I lost, and it was a teacher of mine. And when she passed away, that broke my heart. I was away at basic training and i wasn't prepared for that no nobody's prepared for that but we had just got our phones back for the first time and we were going on christmas break and i was like yeah so i'm going through my notifications and i saw that someone sent me a picture of her obituary and i was like ah oh, you're joking this is a this is an awful joke like this is not funny and so then i went to her facebook page and i was seeing all the things and i was like You got to be kidding me. And I just lost it right there, like in the barracks, in the bay, bay full of girls. You know, they like held me up and carried me to the bathroom. But I was just like sobbing because every day after school for my junior and senior year, I go to her classroom and her and I would sit and we would talk for hours. Now, I won't say hours because (laughs) I usually either had basketball practice or my mom or aunt was outside honking for me so I wasn't ours but it felt like ours and we would just spend time talking and getting to know each other and sharing perspectives and she was hell bent that me being gay was a phase but that never it never made me feel bad in a sense it was just like I had more motivation to try and convince her that it wasn't you know what I am saying but it wasn't like in a bad way she looked at me like a little sister and I looked at her like a big sister we came from different places but like... We had a good bond. So that loss to me was probably the closest to my friend last year. I had just saw him the week before he passed, and it was not a good experience. It was very scary. It was the first time he ever scared me. And I was so sad. Like, I was sad that he was going through what he was going through. Um, He had a schizophrenic break. Um, He was a brilliant man. He was so smart. And he got into an accident. From work working on rockets and it was a plutonium accident and it exploded in his face and it essentially gave him schizophrenia Um, or unlocked it or triggered it in his brain or whatever you know what I'm saying and he was never the same from that and when I saw him last he was just at such a break he was unmedicated like he was at such a point in his life where um, it was bad and like I said he scared me and so I left and my aunt told me like a few days later that there was a shooting at his house. And I was like, no way. She was like, yeah, have you talked to him? And I was like, no. So I I Googled it. And the image from the news clip was like the police cars. And, you know, the street was blocked off and it was a house. And just by the picture itself, I knew that was his house. And I got in my car and she's like, don't go. I was like, I'm going. She's like, don't go. What if it was him? And I'm like, I'm going. And I got in my car, and I drove over there, and it was him. And his neighbor was outside, and I just said, you know, did they take my friend? And that's all I could say. I said his name, but I said, you know, did they take my friend? And uh, he was like, yeah. And I just put my car in park, and I lost it. And it was just crazy and even to this day I still have the urge to like yo B you want to go to the dispensary like I have the urge to want to hit him up and be like yo B let's go like let's do some shroomies you know what I'm saying like let's stargaze and talk about aliens and you know look up at me oh god and it's so oh, it's so nuts that I'll never get to do that again and that's what I struggle with when it comes to death for me personally um but it's unfortunately something I will have to work on and come to terms with. Um, I won't get that opportunity but the crazy thing about me and my life and the way things go for me is I'm very sensitive to those things which is why I was (laughs) wanting to talk about the paranormal anyway because I'm very sensitive to stuff like that and I feel like um, because of that I have been able to not talk to my friend or see him obviously, but have an interaction with him. I feel like I'm just going to tell you the story and then you guys can judge for yourself whether or not my friend, you know, gave me a sign. Sorry, I'm getting all choked up. Um, So at the time I was working at Amazon and I was on my way to work. I worked at like one in the morning, 120 in the morning. So it's like midnight, and I'm driving, listening to music, and it was a song, and I, was, I can't even remember what song it was, but I was getting it, I was vibing, I'm like, oh yeah, I was like, damn, this is a good song, people want to hear this, I'm like, damn, I wish B was here, and uh, I was like, damn, I wish B was here, and I kind of got sad, and I turned the music down, I drove to work, and I got there, checked in, I'm like, yo, where am I at tonight, they're like, oh, we're just going to have you do non-cons, which is the big ass boxes and shit of stuff y'all order, to Matt them big ass boxes. I had to like, you know, organize and sort so they can go down the aisles be distributed to y'all. Oh. Y'all hear Bailey back there? That's my dog. Um so I'm over there doing that. And at first it was just me. He was like, I'll send you some help um as more people come in. I'm like, okay, cool. Um so I had to go up because one of the supervisors was about to pass out. So I ran to go grab him some water and some snacks and in the midst of that i passed by another supervisor and he's like uh hey i sent you b and i was like cool thanks and i kept going and didn't think about it and then on my way back he was like oh yeah um i i think he said nate or somebody else like that he's like nate is over there also to help you and i'm like cool thanks so i you know i get back there get supervisor snacks i go back over there i'm like okay hey and I was like, uh, you must be Nate. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and you must be B. And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'm Cash. Nice to meet you guys. Um, you know, I was like, you can explain what we were doing and all of that. Still not registering in my head what has happened here. So then I'm talking um, to B. And he said something. And I was like, you want cool dude or something like that, I said to him. And in that moment, I just stopped. And I said, your name is B? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this morning, I I, I was just saying I wish my friend B was here. I lost my friend. And, you know, I told him I lost my friend. And I was like, you know, and I was kind of missing him this morning. And I just said that I'm, I wish he was here. And then I walked past the supervisor and he told me he sent me B, which is you. And I didn't really pay attention to that. And I'm over here talking to you. And whatever it was I had just said to him was something I would say to my friend. So I told him, I was like, the thing I just said to you is something I literally used to say to him all the time. And uh, it just triggered in my head. And your name is B. His name is B. And I just started bawling. And I, I like, I was like, excuse me, you know, and I just like walked away to the bathroom to like fix myself and compose myself. And I was like, B, thank you. I was like, I miss you. I love you. Thank you. And like, to me, that was him being like, I hear you. I'm here with you. You know, I got your back. I'm still with you. And so I take things like that very seriously. So I feel like if I was to say, you know, hey, um reach out to my resident and, you know, speak to her in any way that if I was at work or any kind of situation, she'd probably present herself to me or show herself to me. So I'm very, very sensitive when it comes to, um, paranormal and spirits and things like that. I do believe in them. I don't know why. I don't know how. Um, this is definitely going to have to be for more another episode because I have so much more I want to share in regards to the paranormal, but I don't want to stay for too long. I got about five more minutes here before I got to cut out because we're going to keep these episodes short to start until I get some more, you know, um, substance to go into them. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. I appreciate you all for listening. Um, just remember that if you're going through a loss Or if you've experienced a loss, that there is no right or wrong way to grief. There's no time frame. There's no order. You can bounce back and forth between bargaining and anger and then jump to acceptance and then go right back to anger because it's an ongoing process. You're going to live with this grief and this loss for the rest of your life, you know, until you're gone. The... So it's important to know that um, there's no right or wrong way. There are healthy and unhealthy ways, of course, just like with everything else. So I want you to be mindful of the healthy and unhealthy ways you're coping and dealing with loss and grief. Make sure you stay positive. Um, remind yourself that you're still here. Your life is still going. And whomever it is that you've lost, is not. they're not gone. Just that physical is gone. They're here with you they see you and they're proud of you they're motivating you they're encouraging you keep an eye out for those little things those little trinkets like had i not had that conversation with b at work it wouldn't have it wouldn't have clicked in my mind that my friend was letting me know he was there for me in two ways he he even had the supervisor say i sent you b like listen to me i'm telling you he's here like you know what i'm saying so be mindful that you know just because you can't see these people or touch them or talk to them anymore doesn't mean they're not there. Take your time for yourself, your mental. Put yourself first. Be there for yourself. And remember to keep going one day at a time, one foot at a time. We all we are all going through something together. We're all going through something. And it just takes one second, one one second to make a difference in somebody's day you don't even have to do anything and that's the crazy part um and i'm gonna end this by saying this um in honor of my friend b i got a tattoo on my chest that says be kind and so at in honor of b and bg my resident who just passed that is going to be the message of life 101 is be kind i'm gonna end every episode the best i can with a message and a reminder to be kind. You never know what someone's going through. Um, I'm constantly reminded that at work um, when they're being mean to me or they're being snarky about their food being wrong or something like that. It has nothing to do with me. I smile all day. I greet them all. I treat them with the utmost respect and kindness. So it's not me. They're not upset with me. They're going through something and that they don't have an outlet for that whatever they're going through, whether it be in pain. I found out one day one of my residents lost her brother. She was being so hateful to us about her food and everything else. But it was because she was grieving. So remember, don't take things personally. It's not always you. Sometimes it is. Don't get me wrong. Accountability is also a very real thing. But give people the space to feel. Don't always take things personally. Remind yourself that everybody is going through something. The word for this episode is Sonder. I'm going to leave you all with that. And I hope you have a good day. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. I love you all. And we'll see you next time. This is Cash on Life 101.